Hello, everyone, and welcome to the LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com podcast. My name is Tim Bryan. I will be your host. If you're not familiar with LouisvilleAreaHighSchoolBaseball.com, well, you're not alone. Our website first showed up during last season's district and regional tournaments and was in full swing during the KHSAA Baseball State Tournament. Our website is fan-driven and provides a format and the resources so that your school can be represented alongside the other schools of the 6th, 7th, and 8th region. We're kind of like a, a bleacher report for Louisville area high school baseball. If you're a parent, a student, a school faculty member, or just a fan of the program, uh, you can get your school's message out to thousands of other Louisville area high school baseball fans. We provide you Uh, with tutorials and examples uh, to get you up and running. All you need is a passion for your team and a willingness to share your team's story. If you're interested but have questions, you can contact me at timbryan at bbsnonline.com. I began streaming Louisville Area High School Baseball in 2011. Uh, The first schools to allow me at their fields was Eastern, St. Xavier, DeSales, and Mel. The following season, we added Bullet East and PRP, And then the uh, season after that, we added Butler. I'm very grateful to these schools for allowing me season after season to invade their press boxes and bring local fans all the fun and excitement of Louisville area high school baseball. We began in 2011 with just two guys, myself and Leo Brown, just a couple of dudes with a love and passion for high school baseball. Uh, The next season... My brother Greg came aboard, and since then we've coaxed David Meyer and Ryan Ritchie for stints behind the mic. Uh, I will never forget that first game. It was live from Mueller Field at St. Xavier, and uh, I was scared to death. A great game, though. Lexington Christian Academy facing the Tigers. Ian Tompkins took the ball for the Tigers and struck out 10. Zach Clooney replaced Tompkins in the sixth, and the two combined for 14 strikeouts. The final score... Uh, the Tigers 4, and the Eagles 3. And with that, the B&B Sports Broadcasting Network took flight. For two seasons, 2014 and 2015, I was the voice of Spalding University Baseball. And once again, Greg was my co-host. Spalding had a coaching change prior to last season, and 2015 turned out to be our last season with the Golden Eagles. We will have a special guest each show leading up to the season. Uh, Also, we will give insight into the recruiting process and keep everyone up to date on upcoming camps and showcases. Once the season starts, we'll uh, talk about the past week's action. We'll find out who's hot and who's not, and we'll look ahead to the coming week and have a local college baseball segment and uh, hopefully be informative and uh, have a little bit of fun doing it. If you're not listening to this podcast at LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com, please take a moment and head over to the site. While you're there, you can subscribe to the site and be notified when new articles and podcasts and the like are posted. And if you are interested in becoming a content contributor, just go to the very bottom of the page, the very bottom of the homepage, uh, and click where it says Become a Content Contributor. Fill out the form, and we will contact you. If you found us on Facebook, give us a like. If you found us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and subscribe. Our podcast can also be found at Louisville, I'm sorry, at LiveSportsCaster.com, BBSNOnline.com, and on SoundCloud. I'm real excited to welcome in our first guest, Bullet East Chargers head coach Jeff Bowes. Jeff is starting his 14th season as the skipper for the Chargers. 
The Chargers under Coach Bowes won 11 straight district titles starting back in 2004 and have won 12 out of the last 13 district championships. Uh, Two state tournament appearances, 2009 and 2016. Uh, now it's my pleasure to welcome in the reigning six-region champions and longtime friend, Jeff. Welcome. Thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This doesn't go on for too long. All right, so this should be a lot of fun. Just to, to let people uh, know about mine and your uh, friendship, We I guess we met sometime around 1970 when we were playing for that uh, juggernaut, the uh, Dodgers, over at Camp Taylor Little League. Does that sound about right? That sounds exactly right. And thankfully, we got a forfeit, so we finished 1-19 that year, I do believe. Yeah, I, I, that's the first year you and I were on the same team. I played on uh, on that same, not the same team, but I paid, played on the Dodgers the year before. And I was actually... Uh, one in thirty-nine after two seasons, so it was it was nowhere but up uh, after that. And you still hang around and then uh, do something in this game in one shape or form, you know. So you survive that, you can survive anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just a couple kids growing up uh, on Phillips Lane, and I was kind of uh, thinking about you and I growing up, and, and we kind of did not necessarily in the era of uh, of the film Sandlot, but there was a lot of similarities. I mean, you know, me and you, we were just a couple kids looking for a place to play baseball. We played uh, pickup games at Dairy Queen, and then in the evenings we'd uh, play over at the Durbins, and it was a, it was a, a different time. It was a fun time, uh, but a lot of similarities to uh, to that movie Sandlot. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot, lot of similarities. Without without the uh, beastly dog, thank <laughs> goodness. But uh, uh, we did have the uh, uh, Waterson pretty close by. Yeah. So that was probably even more dangerous, but we just didn't realize it. So, uh, but no, a lot, lot of similarities. There. Yeah. Uh, now you're just back, uh, fresh off a trip from the ABCA. I think you said you went to uh, Anaheim, California. Is that correct? I did. Me and uh, my assistant Eric Moore went, and uh, it was uh, it was quite a trip. Uh, Stopped in Colorado for a little bit on the way out and uh, laid over in Las Vegas for a couple hours on the way back. Lost $3. And, uh, <laughs> so it had to be a successful trip to Las Vegas, but only lost $3. Yeah. It's kind of a pilgrimage for uh, uh, for all the, the local coaches to go to the ABCA convention. What exactly do you guys do there? Well, I listen to every speaker I possibly can, and the uh, the vendor area is is like uh, Christmas time for a baseball coach. There's just rows and rows of different baseball gadgets, different baseball ideas, uh, people hawking their goods, and uh, it's just uh, it's Christmas time for a baseball person. That's the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. So there are uh, seminars from from other coaches, or what exactly goes on there? There are, there are college guys, there are professional guys speaking, there are, with, with the social media, there are so many people out there that are trying to make a buck in the baseball world, and, uh, you know, they clinic speakers, um, just, you know, motivational guys, you, you name it, and, uh, you know, and Paul Maneri, uh, LS, yeah. John Savage, UCLA's coach, yeah. and Tim Corbin, Vandy's uh, coach, they all had, a, like, a little, uh, a panel discussion one day, and that was that was really neat. Uh, I, I like listening to the high school guys, so I could kind of compare my situation uh, to theirs and, and see what they do with what they have, and then uh, you know maybe I can find a, a new way to do something that uh, that we haven't been doing. And uh, I like uh, like to listen to guys talk about how they prepare indoors because that's a big part of our preparation. When a lot of times we we can only get out maybe a couple times yeah. on the field. 
uh, before the season even starts. Yeah. Um, I know I've got a guest coming up in a couple weeks. Um, Jeremy Sheetinger used to be the head coach at Spalding, is now uh, a um, liaison there at uh, the ABCA. Did he get an opportunity to speak? I didn't, I didn't listen to him. I don't know if he spoke. I think he set a world record for tweets that were sent out <laughs> during the ABCA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was quite active, and I, I think he uh, was making a run at a GQ cover while he was out there. He's, he's quite the, the dapper dresser now. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's, he's very active, very active. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've had an opportunity to, to hear him speak a lot of times, and uh, he's a uh, he's a very uh, a very engaging speaker. I tell you what, how, I don't know exactly how he got into the position that he's in, but it seems like it's a perfect fit for him. Oh yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's energy twenty four seven. I I know him pretty well. He uh, he recruited my my youngest son Jacob, and uh, I think that was the hardest thing Jacob had done in a while was to tell him no uh, whenever he was at. Uh, at Spalding and uh, Jacob chose to go to USI. So yeah. uh, that was a, uh, that was a tough decision for him to make because, because Jeremy's such a salesperson as far as his uh, baseball program. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the crux of this. Uh, let's, uh, th- th- you may need, is, uh, is your uh, lovely wife there with you by chance? No, but my three lovely dogs are. Okay. She's at work and she's working tonight. So, so if anybody rings the doorbell while we're doing this, I'll, you know, I'll, you know what's going to break loose. Yeah. Chaos for about 10 seconds. All right. Well. Then they realize that nobody's at the door for them and it calms down. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say you may need somebody's uh, paw to, to hold on to because we're going to talk about uh, last season here to start things off with. You had, you had a great run last season. You guys ended up 28 and 11 and uh, lost a really hard-fought uh, uh, ball game to uh, Campbell County, um, one to nothing. Uh, with the success of last year, uh, you guys being the sixth region champs and all, is, has it been easier or harder for your kids to focus in the off season to prepare for where they need to be at when the season starts? It's, I actually discussed that with the kids right after you had mentioned it to me. And, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was kind of not, not funny, but kind of odd because I never even imagined it would be tough for them to focus. And they're laying on their laurels from last year because you know we, we've told the kids until we win the state championship, we're going to change something, we're going to try to improve things, we're going to do things differently until we get get there. And we talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And I think it's very helpful to the kids that we talk about those things, talk about winning the region, talking about uh, going to the state tournament because. Once it starts evolving and starts taking shape in front of us, it's not as big a deal uh, if we hadn't talked about it at all. That's that's what I think, at least. Yeah. Um, and looking at the team that you put on put on the field last year uh, against Campbell County, um, you you lo- lost five starters from that group. Uh, you lost. Let's see. I think I have that here in front of me. You lost um, uh, Garrett Wilson, Troy O'Brien, Clayton Stallings. Uh, James Morsey and Chris uh, McKinley. Uh, do you have kids right now uh, that are prepared to go ahead and step into those positions right away? Are there st- still work that needs to be done in the off season for you to figure out who's going to settle into those spots? Well, we we had candidates. I did a little dissecting of our roster before uh, earlier today, and we have uh, we have seven significant contributors coming back from last year. And, and the most exciting part, I think, is in addition to that. I counted nine other guys that I expect to to step in and not miss a beat from those guys that uh, graduated last year. We don't have a a Kyle McKinley, uh, without a doubt, number one uh, ace uh, right out of the chute. Mm -hmm. But I think we have enough candidates that will find one. We don't have a 
uh, Troy O'Brien bat uh, right off uh, the start here. But I think some of those will develop. But what we do have is, is a bunch of kids that, uh, that see that there's going to be opportunities for playing time, and they're working toward uh, grabbing those innings, uh, grabbing those at-bats, uh, whatever you want to call it, and uh, latching onto them, let them be theirs, and, and get us on a roll again this year. Okay. Now, uh, do you think that part of the success of your program through the years, and did I get that correct? This is your 14th season? Fifteenth. Fifteenth. Okay. I okay. All right. Well, I my shoes off here. So I'm <laughs> well, I tried to go back, and, and as far back as I can see, um, 2004 is when KHSAA actually started to put uh, who the coach was um, on on their timeline. So, what what was your first season with the Bullet East? 2003 was the okay. first year. And that's, that's, uh, that was one of the years we we didn't make it out of the first round of the district. Lost a very good North Bullet team, uh, uh, three to two. And I will still see those guys out occasionally and tell them that I still think they're as good as some of our teams that won the region, even though they didn't right. you know, the first round of district. So and they know what I'm talking about, but just nobody else would believe. <laughs> well, what I was getting to is, is part of your all's success, and you had you have had success for a long period of time, um, it has to be uh, – it has to go back to you and your coaching staff, and I know that uh, from from hanging around with you guys for about the last four or five years, that uh, the the coaches in the dugout their their faces are pretty much the same from year to year. Do you think that that uh, having the same guys year after year is what has kind of contributed to your all success? No doubt. In addition to having kids that, that do anything we ask them to, and I mean it really means something to them. Uh, but, yeah, the continuity with the coaching staff, uh, you just can't replace that. Uh, Craig Sharp has been uh, my right-hand man. I call him the associate head coach because calling him an assistant, I think, is selling him a little short. Mm-hmm. But uh, he lives three doors down from me. Uh, we've worked together. We coach football together also for six or seven years. And, uh, you know, we think a lot alike. That also helps. It's not like we have two different philosophies on on baseball, I guess you would both call us both old school since uh, we are uh, kind of old, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, I think it's good uh, to keep that continuity and you kind of know the expectations. We, when you bring new people in, then there's that air of you got to learn each other, you got to figure out what's going on and how how they operate. But uh, you know, we basically had the same five or six guys for the last ten years. Uh, more or less, we've, we've plugged a couple in. I, and one of the big pieces that, that might go unnoticed is uh, Chris Ryan, who's the head coach at Dallas now, was our freshman coach mm-hmm. for um, for eight years. And that's just that's just unheard of in high school for somebody to hold that position uh, for a long time. And he, he was kind of – he's ready to be a head coach, and he just needs to get out and uh, and run his own program, and, and he's going to do a great job wherever he is. He's at Dallas now, and he's just changing the culture right now, and that's uh, – that's the first step of his process, and but uh, that continuity, uh, you, you just can't say enough about it. Yeah. Well, the next couple questions I'm going to throw at you uh, are going to come to you as a coach uh, and a father, because I know that uh, both of your sons have, have gone through your program there at Bullet East. Uh, uh, Matthew graduated in 09, and I think uh, Jacob graduated in 15. Um, what do you think – okay, first question. Is it is it more difficult to coach your team when your son is playing on it? Well, you left one out, Michael Fox, my stepson. He graduated in 2004. He was a senior on the uh, on the regional championship team. He got us uh, his group got us going on our role of uh, district championships. But uh, yes, uh, Matthew graduated in 2010, and uh, Jacob graduated in 2015. There was a point where it was like 12 years in a row 
uh, since some of our guys play uh, on the freshman team as low as the seventh grade. Uh, it was like 12 years in a row, I believe, that one of the guys, one of my boys was in the program. Mm-hmm. And really, I didn't, really didn't know what it was like to coach without them until uh, last year. Yeah. And uh, somebody asked me that question, and, you know, I was like, I thought, I was like, you know, I, I really haven't done anything differently uh, than uh, whenever they were coaching. I mean, as a, as a coach that their son played for them, I mean, you're always going to have people that – Matthew was all state. Mm-hmm. And then some people thought he got what he got because his dad was the coach. And I just find that so, so comical. Right, because you're the and, one that decides, you know, who's going to yeah. do that, right? Well, and, and, and the way voting goes for things, I, I don't pick anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's other coaches that, that pick him. Uh, and same thing for Jacob and same thing for Michael. They, they got what they uh, earned uh, just because of the performance on the field. I mean, that's, and it's kind of silly that, that somebody would think otherwise, but then again, you know, oh, yeah. the people that know the, know the least that talk the most, <laughs> anybody that's coached their son knows that. But, uh, um, and, and like, like your question was about, uh, have I, did I approach it any differently? No, I'm no, none, none whatsoever. Uh, the main difference is my wife didn't come to as many games, uh-huh. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, my parents, they were there, Oh yeah. Uh, uh, whether I had a, had a son there or not, and that's uh, you know I've, I've told them several times that how much I appreciate that, but it, however many times I tell them it won't be enough. Right. But, uh, uh, but no, nah, we just treat the guys, and, and I don't I don't think our guys miss the beat either. You know they they understand that, and, and and we've told them time and time again it doesn't matter what what your last name is, it doesn't matter what class you're in. I don't care if you're a senior or sophomore. You're going to be evaluated on a daily basis, and uh, you know and. You make the lineup out. I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any any coach at any level, high school, college, professional, that if you're the best best player on the team, that they're going to sit you on the bench. You know, if, if you've yeah. if you've earned it in practice and you go out and you prove yourself, you're going to be in the lineup. That's just the way it works. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this question: uh, What do you think is the high school uh, coach's role concerning players being recruited? Well. Um... I look at myself as an aide. I always tell the guys, if you ever need me to vouch for you, never need me to make a phone call, do so. But so much of the exposure happens in the summertime, and we don't keep our guys together mm-hmm. in the summer. I think it's important for them to get out and see the world and, and play for other people during the summer. I mean, we'll get together in July at U of L camp, and that'll start us uh, rolling for the next year. So basically from the 1st of June, hopefully a little later than the 1st of June, until the middle of July, a month, you know, sometimes they'll go and play for somebody else and uh, different, different travel teams. And uh, they get a lot of exposure during that time because the college coaches can get out and take a look at you in, in that regard. I make phone calls. I send out emails. Uh, if I think somebody's missing somebody locally, I'll uh, make a phone call, shoot them a text, send them an email, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, But as far as you know, me making highlight tapes and things like that, no, that's, uh, that's the guys that do that. Uh, our media class at school has helped out on a few instances with guys making highlight tapes. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's something that the parents uh, need to be a part of as well because, uh, you know, somebody shouldn't go to school someplace just to play baseball. If you go somewhere and, and you blow out your arm, you should want to stay there and go to school. That's that's what I always tell the guys. Right. Uh, don't don't make a decision based on baseball solely. Uh, there are so many different things that come into play. I mean, first thing I ask them is, is, do they offer what you want to major in, if you know what you want to major in? And, of course, that catches half of them off guard right there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's academics uh, first, and then we got a lot of little checklist of things that we, we talk about. But uh, as far as the recruiting, I help out whenever they want me to, mm-hmm. need me to. But as far as me spearheading it, no, that, that we don't do that. 
Yeah. Um, what do you feel is uh, is a parent's role in the in the recruiting of their son? Um, and kind of what I mean by that is, um, I believe that the that the student athlete needs to be more the more proactive one uh, in in that dynamic. Exactly, you're exactly right. Uh, it, ultimately, it's the kid's decision uh, where they want to go to school. Hopefully, they've, they've gotten themselves in a solid uh, uh, situation of academically that they can have choices. Uh, the better they are in the classroom, the better they are at the baseball, the, the more choices they're going to have. And, uh, yeah, and, and the parents are, are there as a support system. Um, you know, once somebody's making a college decision, they're, they're a young adult. And uh, you just hope that they're making the decisions, uh, making decisions for the right reasons, you know, while we're going to school someplace or while we're not going to school someplace. I, I like for the kids to go away from home. I don't really think it's going to college if you don't go away from home and, and learn to do laundry and shop for groceries mm-hmm. if nobody's telling you to get up at eight o'clock and go to class you have to make that decision on your own and, and you know and some people do that and that's why they come back uh, at christmas break uh, <laughs> because maybe maybe they didn't uh, they, they weren't ready for it yet mm-hmm. so uh you know it's a uh, it's a it's a learning experience uh for parents too especially when you go through it the first time it's, it can kind of be overwhelming yeah uh, as far as what, what you have to do you have, you've got your fast performance you got to fill out you've got to get your clearinghouse uh, stuff taken care of and then you got to, you know, see if you can enroll, see if they'll accept you. And, and then you got to talk to the coaches if they haven't talked to you already. So there's, there's a lot of checklists, a laundry list of things to do. Junior college versus a four-year college. What's, what's the main, I mean, obviously the number of years you're there, but um, not everyone is, is probably prepared, uh, you know, to go to a four-year institution right out of high school. Right. Um, and, and then the, the 180 of that, I'll use Matthew as an example. He uh, had 26 on his ACT and a 3.9 GPA in high school. He went to a junior college mm-hmm. because I don't think he had fully developed as a baseball player yet, and he needed that uh, two more years uh, of uh, seasoning mm-hmm. uh, to find out where he, exactly he fit, and I think that was great for him. Uh, he was solid academically while he was at John Logan for two years, made a great decision uh, to go to Southern Indiana, Division II school. I mean, everybody thinks their kid's a, a Division One kid, but uh, finding a good fit. And uh, Southern Indiana was a great fit, and he has a national championship ring uh, to prove it now. And mm-hmm. uh, it was right in the middle of everything they did that uh, national championship season where, you know, you can go to a, a big school and get lost in the shuffle. I mean, if you if you want to say you played Division One baseball and, you get a handful of at-bats or innings pitched over the course of five years, then, well, make yourself happy and do that. But if you want to be a part of what's going on, find a good fit, find where you can get, uh, see the field mm-hmm. and get playing time, and, and your baseball experience will be, be a lot better. So, you know, you can you can make a positive experience academically and athletically out of just about any place if you set your mind to it. So, uh, you know, very rarely will it just be a total total bomb and, and, and you chose the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It, it requires a little perseverance, you know, and uh, – Everybody that plays baseball in college is going to be one of the stars of your high school team. So, oh, yeah. You know, you know, walk in and be the same uh, same big shot in college that you were in high school. In most situations, that is. So, you know, that takes a little adjustment right there. Some guys aren't ready for that part of it. Well, and, and I, I talked to uh, Brandon about that. I mean, he did go to Western uh, uh, for two years and, and, like you said, had a handful of bats and a handful of innings. And I asked him if he ever had any regrets about it. And he said, he said yes and no. He said um, when he was there – um, Chris Finwood was the head coach, and he said Chris Finwood taught him so much about 
everyday preparation and doing what you have to do to get yourself in the lineup. He said it didn't really he didn't get to play all that much at Western, but it said it made him a much better ball player. And then he you know made the decision after his sophomore year uh, to go to a Division two uh, school. He went to uh, uh, St. Joe's up in Rensselaer, uh, which he says is the coldest place he's ever been on the face of the earth. Um, and oh, I'll uh, confirm that. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he he had a nice little uh, two years there, and then ended up staying one uh, one more year to finish up his degree. Kind of got out of sequence when he transferred and and helped coach. And and uh, I think at some point down the road he will he will get back into baseball. Uh, you know, at at some point. But yeah, you know, like you say, it's it's uh, trying to make the best decision for you doesn't always turn out to be the best decision. But there's always different avenues you can go. Um, you know, t- to play college baseball. Right. All right. right, go ahead. Things turn out for the best for those that make the best. How things turn out, something like that. Yeah, you know, you can you can take it, make it work. Is what you got to do. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I see it around your program all the time. You guys have it on shirts and everything else. The eighty-two point four, and uh, I have never asked you what that stands for. What, what exactly is that? Or is well, it it's secret? Not the radio station. <laughs> not the radio station that our games are broadcast on. I've been asked that about 200 times. <laughs> that is the distance. When we went to uh, when we went to the state tournament the first – well, before we went to the state tournament, I started playing. And when we had a team that I thought could get there, uh, I was just doing some Googling and map questing and that kind of thing. And uh, that was – the distance was uh, 82.4 miles from Bullet East mm-hmm. to uh, Whitaker Bank Park in, uh, in Lexington. I think I took the guys there – for one of the minor league games, just so they could be in the park mm-hmm. uh, beforehand. And we hadn't even qualified to go there. I just thought, this is a group that could get there, and we need to go and be in the ballpark, just like the reason we, we uh, go to camp at UofL, because that's where the regional tournament is. I don't want the guys going in someplace, looking around, and being amazed by what's going on. I guess you could say that's a, the, the uh, baseball equivalent to the scene from Hoosiers, where they go in and they measure the goals mm-hmm. and everything else and show them that it's just like everything else. But uh, I think that makes a big difference when we go to go to U of L and go to team camp and we're in their locker room and we're in their film room and we're down in you know in, in the bullpen and in the hack shack and all those places mm-hmm. and it's you know kind of like a, a second home. But uh, that's where the eighty-two point four came from, and I've been asked that so many times and. Uh, I know a couple of the schools, though, you know, they like to give us a hard time about it because, you know, they think it's funny that we talk about going there, and uh, but we do. And mm-hmm. so I'm not ashamed to put it on a shirt, and the kids talk about it. So that, that's our goal, and we're not ashamed to let people know it. All right. Well, the uh, next part uh, that we're going to talk about is they've made some changes over the off season, and uh, I think it was pretty much all throughout um, high school baseball. They've gone to pitch counts. And for folks that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, I'm just going to give you the breakdown. If you if you throw one to 25 pitches, you, there's no required rest. If you throw 26 to 50, you have to have one calendar day's rest. 51 to 75, two calendar days rest. 76 uh, pitchers or more, you need uh, three calendar days rest. And you can throw a maximum of 120 pitches. And if you're involved uh, in an at-bat, you can finish out that at-bat. Uh, that being said... Um, do you think that's going to have a big impact on on high school baseball this year? It probably makes more sense than than an innings count because you, know, you can throw an unlimited pitches amount of pitches in an inning. Uh, it's going to be better in the long run for the health of kids, especially when you start seasons like we do. And sometimes you can play a game; it's it's forty degrees and and spit and snow. Uh, in the in the fifteen fourteen years I've been a head coach, the innings or the pitch count had come into play for us twice mm-hmm. in that 14 years. 
One time was in 2009 when we went to the regional final, and uh, Matthew was pitching against Butler, and he just finished his ninth inning, and we had to, we we're going to have to go to the bullpen after that with the rules then. And fortunately, we won the game in the bottom of the ninth inning on a pretty dramatic walk-off home. Uh, by Josh Whitmer, uh, and this year the first, uh, the semifinal game against Campbell County, when uh, Kyle McKinley uh, in the ninth inning uh, got his uh, I'm sorry the bottom of it, the top of the eighth I think it was the eighth inning uh, reached his uh, his pitch count and we had to make a change but in that case we brought our closer in in a uh, nothing to nothing game so you know it wasn't like uh, it was uh, traumatic for us to uh, to have to take him out but because he was a uh, kind of run out of gas anyway. I mean, anybody would uh, in, in that situation with, with all those pitches. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as their arm care, they, they all, we, we prepare during the year uh, so we can build up our pitch count toward the toward the end of the year. So when it's, uh, you know, 85 degrees, something like that, we can actually uh, uh, keep guys in there as long as they need to go. And as long as they say they feel good, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let them go. I just wanted to say, Jeff, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Um, and I uh, haven't haven't decided or haven't decided, but I haven't sat down and, and plotted out the games um, that I hope to be able to do from your place. But hopefully, we'll be able to get five or six okay. of them in again this year, um, uh, like last year. I want to tell you for a, for a sign off. That uh-huh. I talked to my mom and dad this morning, and they said to tell you hi. I told them what we're going to do today, and uh, they said to tell you hello, and they'll, they'll see you at the ballpark this year. Hey, thanks again, Jeff. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you soon. All right, Tim, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, man. Bye. That was Bulletty's head coach, Jeff Bowles. I want to thank Jeff once again for taking the time to drop in today and speak with me. Once again, if you're not listening to this podcast at LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com, please uh, take some time and head over to the site and check it out. Uh, while you're there, you can subscribe to the site and uh, be notified of any new uh, article posts or podcasts uh, that are going to be happening in the future. And if you're interested in being a content contributor, just go to the bottom of the homepage, click on Become a Content Contributor, fill out that form and send it away to us, and we'll get back with you. If you found us on Facebook, give us a like. If you found us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, and please subscribe. This has been a production of the B&B Sports Broadcasting Network in conjunction with LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com and LiveSportsCaster.com.